Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride-along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive-By. Marcus, he is Mike Forrest, and this is the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. How the hell is it going, Mike? I made another day where I struggle not to call an employee a pussy. You will have that. Um, Definitely have that. Every day, guys. Every day. <laughs> so, we had... A, we talked offline, we kind of said maybe it was a little bit of a slow week, but then when I started writing stuff down and realized, ah, this was not a slow week at all. A lot of little things happened that actually were pretty solid talking points, but we still had a lot of other things to talk about. So for this first segment, Mike, we're going to kind of hit some topics real quick, give our quick thoughts on them, and just, you know, kind of keep moving. Um, we have a lot of wrestling to talk about. We have one, one thing to end the show with just stepping into our other world of nerdum, and uh, we'll just go from there, Mike. So, let's just go right into it. Monday Night Raw, uh, WWE SmackDown this week, both pretty good shows. Uh, big thing for Monday Night Raw, new tag team champions. Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman, Seth now a dual champion. Uh, Braun looks like he's working his way back into that top-tier uh, title spot, don't you think? See, that's what I'm hoping this ends up as. I- I'm hoping that um, they're the tag team champs, causes a rift. Uh, you know, maybe we finally get... I'd hate to see Seth Rollins lose the belt so soon, but, you know, they draw this out yeah. over a couple couple few months. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Brock or, or uh, Braun have the title heading into, like, you know, Survivor Series, Rumble. I... I, I'm in the point of view where I hope that that's what this is because I wouldn't want them to take these title belts off of the OC just because. Like, clearly it's got to be leading somewhere, and clearly there's got to be a story to be told. So, I think... Now, here, let me throw this out to you. Is this going to be... Let's just say this leads to a universal title match between Seth and Braun, right? Okay. Is this, is this going to be... Uh, Babyface versus babyface, or is one of them going to take that turn? Um, that's a really good question. I'm assuming someone will take that turn. Probably it almost makes sense. Probably Braun. He makes so much sense as like a monster heel champion. Right. Right. And. See, in my mind, which I hate fantasy book and, like, get all worked up, we've, we've talked about this, but in my mind, I see it more as, especially the way they're playing it off on TV, like, Seth is a universal champ, he knows Braun wants his title, and then he's still trying to kind of be friendly with him, and then he's like, hey, big guy, let's go get another title, and it's almost like he's, like, placating him, like, here, buddy, you got this championship, you don't need mine now, and I hope... They kind of keep going with that to where eventually they have a tag team defense. Braun lays Seth out. You know, the OC wins the title belts back. And then Braun just destroys Seth. And, you know, I'm not finished with you yet. Get these hands. All that fun stuff. Yeah, I'm totally I'm down for, honestly, either of these guys being the heel in this scenario. They're both excellent yeah. heels. Because also, to be fair, Seth Rollins is, in my opinion way better as a heel than a face so if they turn any either one of these i'm good with it um i'm good with it if they keep them both face but i think it would be better if one of them was a heel it's Uh, always better when one's a heel yeah it generally generally is how do you feel about ftrko man they're not a bad tag (laughs) team to have with orton i i'll say this you know all the rumor innuendo, uh, of course, the revival feed into that rumor and innuendo, which is either because they, you know, need to, or because they're smart businessmen. And 
these guys have been Raw Tag Team Champions since all the rumor. They've been aligned with uh, top-tier people, including Shane McMahon and now Randy Orton. I mean, so they're really being punished is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's really <laughs> it's really happening. Uh, I'm really digging the Kofi angle with Orton, uh, especially with the Revival getting involved with the New Day. I, you know, you and I both are not fans of this wild card rule, but when they use it this way, it seems to work a lot better for me. I, I like that the the Orton Kofi story, the ending of the SummerSlam match fell flat for a lot of people. Uh, if you are used to pro wrestling, you understood. Well, this is so they can continue telling the story, which is what they're doing, and. I thought they did a good job in the SummerSlam. I think they're actually doing an even better job out of SummerSlam. Uh, you got Kofi looking angry with fire, uh, you know, defending or, or fighting for the honor of Woods, who may or may not have kayfabe has, had his leg broke on Monday Night Raw. Uh, it's solid stuff, man. Are, are you feeling the whole the whole story there? Yeah, man, they're doing a really good job of, like, I mean, there's been a noticeable change. They've been doing a really good job about um, putting meaningful stories on things. Especially, like, the important things, like champions. Yep, yep, yep. I couldn't agree more. We're going to touch on that a little bit when we wrap up. Uh, Next on my list, KO, Screwed Again by Shane McMahon. Shane is not on TV nearly as much as he was. He's only been kind of relegated back to SmackDown, which I think is way better than getting Shane every night. And I was a fan of the Shane heel uh, persona and what they were doing with it, but I think this is a way better lane because it makes more people happy. It gets uh, him off TV and more people on TV, so I'm all for it. Uh... Thought we were done with the Shane KO stuff. Clearly we aren't, and I I don't hate it. I think there's way... I don't know where they go with uh, KO and this storyline with Shane, but there's definitely roads to travel with the whole fine aspect, uh, KO fighting. put KO putting his fighting pride aside for the betterment of his family uh, as a father and a family man, and you are not a father, Mike, but you are you are married. You have a wife that you guys support each other, and I'm sure that it could relate to you that, hey, if some boss of mine decides to take a chunk of my pay away, we're going to have issues at home, and I'm going to have to figure something out, right? Yeah, I, I get it. So it totally hits home for a lot of people, or at least it should. And, of course... I'm sure a lot of people relate to the fact that, man, my boss is pretty much an asshole like that, too. So I like what they're doing, and I like the the character shifts they're putting in KO, because here we go, guys, character development, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying the KO aspect of this, man. I'm just so fucking tired of Shane McMahon. That's understandable, but like I said, he's he's not dominating our TV screen anymore, and I think that... For the most part, that's helping a lot of people out with this. Uh, I, I will say, quick. I will say, I'm enjoying this feud much less than the last time they feuded two years ago, to, during the summer of Zombie Shane. So yeah, well, you know, that's why. That's nothing beats nothing this, beats Zombie Shane. I find this much less enjoyable than the Zombie Shane storyline. <laughs> uh, and and I. Yeah, we moved on past Raw, but I forgot to mention this, and I'll just mention it and we can move on. The Fiend attacks Jerry Lawler. Lawler acted smart by getting out of the ring, realizing what was going on, which we don't see people do very often. Still got attacked. Uh, I like this use of the Fiend. Uh, I like... I don't know why he's attacking Legends, but I'm okay with it. Uh, I, I, I like him not being in matches just to have matches on regular TV, and I think this is, if you're gonna have him on regular TV, he should either be attacking people, or he should be doing Firefly, Firefly Funhouse promos, and wrestling on the pay-per-views. And eventually we'll have him wrestle on TV, but I don't think that's needed anytime soon. Nah, they're doing exactly the right thing with him. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. So, Buddy Murphy... 
beat Daniel Bryan after having a stellar match with Roman Reigns the week before. How about that, Mike? Biggest win of his career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he beat a world champion, a former world Straight champion. Straight up. Come on. You beat a top guy in the company. Yep. So clearly, uh, clearly somebody in this company is impressed with what Buddy Murphy has done. I'm happy for the guy. He is... He is the best kept secret in professional wrestling, and you know, as we said last week, hashtag the secrets out according to Roman Reigns, and I, I hope it is. Uh, I, I hope that he has a good showing in the King of the Ring, whether he wins or not remains to be seen. But uh, I think there's potential. The King of the Ring matches were fun. I'm not going to go into any more than that, but I'm digging this so far. Uh, the biggest news, maybe depending on how you look at it, Daniel Bryan and Roman reveal. Roman Reigns attacker, and it's a Rowan lookalike. I saw a reaction online to this, uh, a little bit mixed. I personally thought this was the best thing they could do. This was hilarious and, like, Scooby-Doo-esque and really put more uh, wheels into the story because now Buddy's not a liar. He said he thought he saw Rowan. This guy looks like Rowan. So even if it was Rowan, you know, they can play off the fact that, well, this guy looks like Rowan. So Buddy's justified or, you know, gets his, uh, doesn't look like a shitbag for lying to Roman. Uh, doesn't look like a shitbag for implicating Rowan, even though it probably was Rowan. Uh, so this works out in many different ways for everyone involved in the story. This story as cheesy as it started, is actually turning out to be one of the best things on TV. Uh, you know, agree to disagree. <laughs> you don't like it? I'm going to wait and see how it plays out, but this has been... Uh, at every turn in this storyline for me, they have chosen to do the corniest possible fucking thing. <laughs> like, I'm going to give this Rowan look-alike thing uh, time to develop, you know, but this shit is cornball as it is, it, it is fuck ball, to me, and I, I, can't, I, I can't deal with it. I like that it hooks you and kind of makes you think, all right, where is this going to go next? Um, overall, Mike. I literally do not think about this thing at all other than when it's on TV and we talk well, about it here. Like it's, I get I, it, I get I, it that you, and like, hey, right on that you're entertained by it and you're curious and you like to see where the story's going. I just personally, like, and I'm not saying that for like anybody, not just you. Like, if you enjoy yeah, something, fucking right on, man. Good for you. Right. I just personally like this isn't the shit I like to see in wrestling. Yeah, let me clarify. I don't like sit at home and think, well, who could have done it and build charts and figure it out. I but get what you. What I mean is when it's like. You know, the promo tonight, Daniel Bryan reveals the attacker. Like, I'm like, cool, I can't wait to see where this goes. That kind of deal. Yeah, I don't feel that. I'm like, <laughs> all right, let's see who it is. And then it was this guy who looks like Rowan, and I was like, man, and his hair, like, like you couldn't even have, like, taken the razor to him, man. You just buzzed his head. And you can see, like, his horseshoe haircut, like, still. Like, come on. I mean, let's put a little bit more effort into it, man. And I mean, like, guy, why are you walking around with that horseshoe-ass haircut anyway? That's on you, bro. You should be shaving your head anyway. Like, I'm almost there. When I get there, I'm going to start shaving hey, it completely. Hey, hey, hey. You know what? Sometimes I'm just too tired of shaving. That starts to grow for me, man. Don't hate I, on it. I get you, get man. I get you, man. But you're not fucking <laughs> making your debut on national television, are you? Well, he didn't know, man. He got kidnapped by Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. What do you want him to do? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Wrestling's <laughs> still, still real to me, huh? Uh, that's right. That's right. Uh, overall, though, Mike, Raw and SmackDown has really felt different. I think you can agree with that. Uh, you kind of touched on it earlier. Yeah. <sighs> I hate We're it much our, less. Yeah, I, and I can tell because you're way more enthusiastic about the good things, and that's what I love. And I, I know that I kind of gave you some tips, and you kind of followed them, and I don't know if that's the only reason. I don't like to think that it's not because overall, man, the, the stories have been good. Uh, the, the hooks have been good. They're giving attention to people that 
probably should be getting attention. And uh, they're they're kind of rotating some stars in and out, which I like. Uh, we didn't even talk about KO. I'm sorry, uh, Sammy and Nakamura, which I actually love. Uh, they're just doing things that make sense. Uh, and and, kind of just, you know, doing what you would think people would ask for and enjoy, and I am all for it, Mike. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm in. It's better. Yep, it's better. And I think it really, it really has the potential to keep getting better, and I think this is a perfect time. Like, this is the time where they needed to get better, clearly, and they're hitting their stride. Probably it's the best time, and if they continue this trend, I mean, I know it. I know it's not like around the corner or anything, but let's be honest, man. The Rumble's in January, and we're only a few months off of that. And then it's the road to WrestleMania again. It starts all over. So, <coughs> well, it's not around the corner. It's not that far away, and that's when things usually really heat up. So, I'm interested to see how this fall season. Uh, treats everyone for professional wrestling we're gonna take a quick break mike when we come back we're gonna talk about the big move and what it means for everyone and every company involved hang tight we'll be right back USA Network, uh, a network that did not re-sign SmackDown Live to a television contract, uh, which allowed WWE to go out and get a billion-dollar contract from Fox, a broadcast network. Dude, WWE right now is just gobbling up the money, and you still have people saying that they're they're losing and they're desperate and they're going to be close soon. <laughs> yeah, um... People are stupid. <laughs> they are stupid. But uh, to, to get into the NXT uh, talk, Mike, uh, online reactions been mixed to great to poor, uh, depending on where you're looking. Uh, I, I'll be I'll be real, and I'll say, listen, uh, and I think you will agree with this. I'm not someone who watches NXT on a weekly basis right now. Uh, I watch it when I can, or I definitely get caught up for takeovers. Uh, sometimes you can watch. The best thing about NXT, at least in my opinion, one of the best things about NXT is you can not watch the weekly television, but you don't feel like you're out of it for takeovers, because they do a good a good job of catching you up with their video packages, and their storylines are well done enough that that's all it really takes to get you where you need to be. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, they do an excellent job. I don't. I'll be honest. I know a lot of wrestling fans, but I don't know anyone that watches wrestling every week. Or I mean, yeah, wrestling every week. I mean NXT, NXT every, every week. Yeah. Um, but yep. everybody watches the takeovers and knows what's going on. Yep, exactly. So they do do a good job with that. Now this two-hour format change, you know, might make that a little more difficult to. Be as cohesive in a video package. I don't think it will, because I think they know what they're doing. Uh, I think the two-hour time slot will actually just give more stars a chance to shine. But I want to get your opinion first, Mike. How do you feel about the move to USA? And uh, how do you feel about, just in general, like what it means for... We'll just stay on the NXT side of it. What it means for uh, WWE and NXT? Um, I've got like some weird feelings about it. Like one, one. Um, let's just talk about the time slot, right? 
this is the real like battle, right? This has yeah. been this has been the real like we've been saying war. that for a while, have yeah, we not? Yeah, yeah, we have. But this is the real war, right? This is what it was always going to come down to. Uh, no one. Yep. It's it's NX. So, um, one uh fucking bold move WWE, bold fucking move to make this a two-hour show opposite um AEW. Now. It's on Fox Sports 1, did I see? Did you say? No, it's on USA. It's on USA. USA. Oh, that's right. They're going to USA. FS1 was the rumor prior. It's going to USA. So USA is an equally... uh, Like, TNT and USA, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, you know. They're they're equal stations. That's why they were able to pull equal ratings in the day. USA claims right now to be the number one cable broadcast... uh, Station. I don't know if that's true, but I mean, I, I'm. I don't know, man. It's last, hard for me not to. Last time I checked, TNT new drama. So I don't know. Well, I, you know, I'm not going to dispute USA's claim. Uh, I don't watch enough. I don't honestly watch enough non-wrestling television that's, uh, you know, not a premium uh, channel base or you know Netflix or something like that to really know, but I do know that USA has a lot of popular shows. I don't watch uh, anything on USA. I watch a lot of TV, my wife and I, and I don't watch anything on USA other yeah, than wrestling. Neither, and really. I do, yeah. But I do watch one show on TNT. It's called Animal Kingdom. It's dope as fuck. I, was just, I highly I was recommend just say, it. I know, I know that TNT has one really uh, popular drama that I'm aware of, and uh, USA has more than one, so I'll, I'll go with the claim I've heard that they're kind of like one and two neck and neck, and that's part of the reason that this happened. Uh, USA's got some things going down, especially with this Chrisley character, and they oh, might have been worried. <laughs> they might have been worried about losing some footing and needing some programming, and guess who they can get programming off of? Well, right, there's always <laughs> WWE. Their partner that they've been partners with for 20-some years. So I, I like it. Um, I think, you know, I I think going to network, you know, going to moving from the WWE network to a cable television channel, I think it almost, the two-hour time slot, like, had to happen. Uh Especially for a WWE product. I know three hours is a lot on Monday, but I think two is just about the right length for a wrestling show. I definitely think NXT's roster can sustain that. Uh, there's a lot of people we don't see a lot of times. So You, you know who this, this is going to be out. huge for? This is going to be huge yeah. for... Uh, I hate what that... Dominic... Uh, fucking Dijak. Dijakovic, whatever they're Dijakovic. calling him. Uh, Dominic yep. Dijak, yep. this is going to be huge for. That dude, and uh, the the few matches that he's had on TV has been impressive as shit. This guy is like, got all the tools. I hate to sound like this about this guy because um, uh, it's, you know, sound like a New Age Insiders guy, but... But, but I mean, he's so good, and this is gonna be so good for him to get this exposure. Like, oh, this this dude's gonna skyrocket after they go to two hours because they're gonna need him weekly, and it's gonna be amazing for him. Yep, and they're setting him up right now on a feud with Keith Lee, which I mean, hey, Keith Lee, another guy (laughs) this is gonna be huge for. Yep, Uh, and with this, with the recent Matt Riddle. Yep, Matt Riddle. Uh, Evolve champion Austin Theory, who is a star in the making, a young guy, another uh, another blue chipper, like you know, like right out of the gate, uh, like Velveteen Dream is being. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine Velveteen Dream on USA Network, Mike. Yeah, he's gonna become a star. Yeah, it's going it's going to be really interesting, and NXT is gonna get the jump on AEW starting. Two weeks prior to uh, AEW's October start, now, 
you know, people online were kind of losing their minds over this. Uh, Meltzer and his cronies were doing a very solid job of stirring the pot. Uh, this is why it's hard for me to believe anything this guy says or to put a lot. Not that he doesn't get things right occasionally, but this guy is so biased it's unbelievable. I, I spent the better part of the weekend when this announcement kind of started leaking, uh, reading that headline after headline from, you know, wrestling site picking up dirt sheets, talking about everything Meltzer and Alvarez were saying about how NXT is going to change, how Vince is going to be in control, how Alvarez actually said, you know, those takeover events you like, well, those are never going to happen the same way again. You can forget it. Saying that the crew is terrified of what it's going to mean when they're in a town Tuesday night and have to wait till Wednesday to produce TV and all this stuff. And then when it finally shakes out, you hear nothing's changing. Triple H is still in charge of NXT. They're still going to be taping it full sale for the time being because they have a contract with them. Uh, it's going to be NXT. It's going to be two hours long and it's going to be on USA. That's the change. I, uh... But, but I never saw a retraction from Alvarez or Meltzer about any of that stuff. Well, no. You never see a retraction <laughs> from them on anything. Uh, also, you know, the internet reacted with, how dare WWE counter-program AEW? And for some reason, people seem to forget that NXT has been on Wednesday night since 2015, Mike. Say that again? NXT has been on uh, Wednesday night since 2015. Wow. Yep. What, what night was it on before that? Uh, I can't I even remember. I, well, let's that see. Was when the, the, that was network. Yeah, because I was watching it on Hulu. I don't even know when right. it was on Hulu. I just was like, I started watching it from the beginning and got caught up. Right. Right, right. I don't know, man. I I know because the network did the network start in 2014 or 2015. I can't remember to be quite honest with you. Um, I think I, 2014. I yeah, feel like, I but it might have been it might have been early 15. It might have been yeah. early 15. Yeah, it might have been early 15. Did you check out my like earlier just now? How I like casually mentioned I was better than you guys for watching fucking NXT. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark, I was too uh, I was too cheap to have cable, and I happened to get on on the ground floor of this thing in 2012. You <laughs> fucking losers. So nobody accused, as they shouldn't, AEW of counter programming NXT. But as soon as WWE moves their show to a network, a, a cable network, expands it to two hours, February, but doesn't change... February 2014. February 2014. Okay. Okay. So they... So hey, I don't know when NXT aired. I don't know if it was just a, you know, a, a vault thing that you could go watch if they even had a normal time slot, but... By 2015, NXT was a Wednesday night, 8 o'clock show, and it's been like that since. And no one accused AEW of counter-programming NXT when they announced, hey, we're going to go Wednesday night. But as soon as WWE said, we're moving it to USA Network and it's expanding to two hours, we're not changing the night that it's already established on. They're the bad guys, Mike. I mean, this has consistently happened. It's, it's really ridiculous. Uh, here's the deal, guys. You can watch both one way or another. If you have TNT, then you probably have cable. So you probably have a satellite or DVR or uh, cable system that allows you to have a DVR. So you could tape AEW. You could tape NXT. You could do the other thing that people were losing their minds about, especially in the UK, because, oh my God, now we don't get NXT. We're screwed. Guess what, guys? NXT is going to air Thursday on the network. So they're not they're not screwing anybody over. They're getting what I've heard is a fifty million dollar television contract for a developmental brand, which is now a main brand, guys. I hate to tell you. It's not a developmental anymore. And my theory on this is also that something I mentioned I believe a few weeks ago, someone's gonna step in and be that developmental brand, and that someone's probably gonna be evolved. Or progress or both. 
Hmm. It would be interesting. It would be interesting. Uh, I'm excited for this. I'm excited because it means there's more pro wrestling for everybody. Uh, which will you will you watch one of them live, or will you watch both of them on delay? I work Wednesday night, so... Um, delay. I will watch them on delay. Yeah. I, it's going to be... I will say... Fuck, that's going to be hard, man. That's a lot. We're going to like have to seriously sit down and like work out <laughs> when we record, because I'm going to need time to watch... Mike, SmackDown's going to be on Fridays too, man. We're we're really uh oh, I don't know. We're going to figure we're going to probably have to talk SmackDown on a delay and I, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure something out. Uh we got some time uh, and I don't know what we're going to do. But I'm excited for pro wrestling. I'm probably going to I'm definitely going to watch the first couple NXT episodes on USA uh live probably if I can. And then I will probably check out AEW live the first night that it's on, see what it looks like, see, get the feel of it. But to be fair, when it comes down to it, I'll probably watch both of them on DVR or network subscription when it's all said and done. Because, I, like you, I just probably am not going to have time to watch all of them live consistently every week. You know what I mean? There's no possible way. Like, this is a <laughs> lot of wrestling now on TV. It really is. And it's like, we don't keep up with NXT too much on here, but if they're going head-to-head with AEW, we're going to have to. You feel like, and you feel like you have to. I feel like now, like, this might sound snobbish, and I don't mean it to sound that way, but I feel like, well, if they're on the USA Network, now I have to watch them weekly. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's almost like... It's one thing to, like, I gotta turn on the PS4... Right. And then, like, go to the video selection screen and pick the app, and then I gotta search for it. Now this shit just shows up in my DVR. Yeah, and it's not a, that's not a, a slate on the WWE network. I love the network, and I will continue to have it. I love the people who are like, well, now I'm canceling my network subscription. Well, yeah, well, it's hey, like... Dummies. Hey, it, dummies, you forget that the takeovers are on that, or what? <laughs> takeovers, pay-per-views, uh, literally everything. Everything you've ever wanted to watch. Fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. Yeah. If you haven't canceled by now, you're not going to. Shut up. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, But this, I think we can both agree, this is an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Uh, It's probably the best problem to have when there's just so much wrestling you can't decide how you're going to watch it. Uh, It's a fun problem to have rather than trying to figure out which you want to watch the most because... You know, there's not that much on, and you're not into what you're watching anyway. So this is a good problem to have. Uh, let's take a quick break. We're going to throw it to our friends Boris and Bart for their super short report. But when we come back, we're going to go over a top 50 list. Mike, how you feel about that? I can't wait. Dude, I've been looking forward to this all day. I got, like, <laughs> notes and shit. I can't wait. Nice. Well, hang tight. We will be right back. It's Boris and Bart, back with the mics on the mics. That's right, we're back on drive-by, and uh, this week some pretty massive news happened, Boris. I know, I heard that the Beth Lowlands will live on forever. They are now going to be married. It will be very annoying. No, it doesn't have to be, though. That's the thing. As long as they keep them off TV together and they're not playing hopscotch on Monday Night Raw, I think it could actually be just fine, and I hope they're happy. I hope they're very happy, too. Did you see how white the legs of the Becky Lynch are? All right. Jeez, oh, man. God, you got to make everything such a jerk thing. And, uh, John Moxley, he's out of all out. That's horrible news. Who is this man you speak? Who is the John Moxley? Oh, my gosh, Boris, we've gone through this a thousand times. It's Dean Ambrose's old character. His name is John Moxley. That is not right. I do not like to hear that. Boris, it's the same thing. Remember when the, the Iron Sheik, he changed his name to Colonel Mustafa? That made me so angry. I know, but that's the same type of thing. I do not understand. Look, Boris. Look, see? This here? Who is that? It's Dean Ambrose. No, it's not. It, it used to be. It looks exactly like him. That is for sure. He looks a little bit more greasy. Maybe. No, Boris. It is actually Dean Ambrose. But his name now is John Moxley, just like I was saying about the Iron Sheik, you know? 
I do not like this. This is no good. I, what does he have? Why does he not re- Well, he has MRSA, I guess. Oh, that is that thing that involves the poop. No, it does not. Oh, my gosh. No, Boris, it's, it's an infection, a bacteria or something. Yes, I hear it's from poop. That's right, it is from the very gross poop. Oh, my gosh, Boris, please stop. Well, anyways, thanks for having us. Mike's on Mike's. We always appreciate it. That is very true. Have a good day. buddies put together for their their nutrition company uh my friend greg he goes or formerly went by the uh moniker g diesel he worked when i knew him and first met him he worked for a supplement company called animal nutrition uh animal supplements or universal nutrition it was a a a split off of universal nutrition they make uh like you know Weightlifting supplements, uh, creatine powders, protein powders, uh, pre-workout, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, he he was good friends with a co-worker of mine who happened to be an IFBB pro bodybuilder uh, who was signed to that company as an athlete. G Diesel was one of their marketing guys, also a powerlifter, uh, also a, uh, a movie writer-director. Actually, he featured my uh, band, one of my bands, in one of his independent films, which was the highlight of the career for that band. It was super cool. Uh, so, he's moved on. He's created his own nutrition and supplement company called uh, G-Code Nutrition. And they're doing a promo this week called Weights Mania. And he's an old-school wrestling fan. Him and a couple of the guys from the company threw this top 50 list together. The top 50 wrestlers, pro wrestlers of all time. He direct messaged it to us on our page. And I said, man, this is going to be a conversation starter. I'm posting it. And man, was it a conversation starter on our page. So you have the list in front of you, Mike. Uh, I think the best way to approach this is to first say the list overall has solid names on it. Wouldn't you agree? Um, aside from some outliers, yeah, but, like, literally all yeah, of them the are legends. Part. Literally all of them are legends. There's just some yep. people that are less legendary than others. Yep, and, and, and when I spoke to Greg about this offline, uh, and I, I said, like, you know, how did you come up with this? And he's like, well, you know, he made a list. His buddy Mark kind of took from and removed some things and, you know, moved some places and, you know, put his input. They kind of matched it together. And basically, he said, you look, I know it's not perfect, but it's definitely a solid list. I said, well, it's it's not perfect, but it's a good list and it's definitely a conversation starter. Uh, so let's kind of do it this way, Mike. What are some glaring errors that you, in your opinion, because this is all opinion-based, uh, what's some glaring errors that you see? Because I'll say right off the bat, Lex Luger's on there, and I I don't have it in front of me, Mike. He's pretty high, is he? Twenty three. Yeah, I don't think Lex Luger should be twenty three. I'm just gonna There's name to me that's not even sure he should be on there. I'm just gonna name some names after Lex Luger, okay? Yeah. Um, twenty five, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Right. <laughs> 26, Edge. No way. 27, the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase. Yeah, way higher than Luke. 29, Booker T. Here's a real kick in the dick right here. 30, Chris fucking Jericho. Yeah, Jericho should be in top 10. Um, we'll get to that later. Which, we'll get to that, yes. Um, let's see, who else is past Lex Luger? Mr. Perfect, Eddie Guerrero, um, yeah, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit. I wouldn't even put him on the list. Um, 
I, you know, the rest of them after they are pretty reasonable after Luger, as far as I'm concerned. But that's, that's, a yeah, that's on my list of what, I, I made a list that's called What the Fucks. Luger23 <laughs> is on there. But, with that said, right ahead of him at 22 is Jimmy fucking Snuka. <laughs> what? What? And here's the thing, I agree with this list overall for the most part. There's some things I'd change, obviously. But right here at 22 and 23, I'm just like, what is happening right here? <laughs> yeah, those two kind of stand out for me as well. Uh, I think Warrior was too high on this list as well. Uh, yeah. He's 10. He's 10. Yeah, I'd put him, I'd put him in the probably bottom 10 to 15. He's, I think would be reasonable he's, for both of those, all yeah. three of those guys. He's 10. And one of the other, and it, this is great because it goes hand in hand with one of my other, like, what's happening here. Uh, John Cena is 11. Yeah, no, John Cena's top 10. John Cena's top, top five. John Cena's top five. Uh, we're going to yeah. go over our top 10 later. He's top five for me. Yep, I agree. I couldn't agree more. Uh, and where, uh, guys, I'm driving, so that's why I'm throwing Um, here's, uh, some other weird I'm, ones. Um, Taker at 16. Yes, Taker should be higher. Goldberg is at 15. Scott Hall at 14. Taker should be higher than both of them. Uh, Dusty Rhodes at 12. Uh, it's arguable. I feel like Taker should be higher than Dusty Rhodes. But Rowdy no, Roddy but Piper's at 13, and I don't feel like he should, he should be higher than Piper. Taker? Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, I just don't feel like I he think, should. Or, I think that's the overall. I think overall, he probably should opinion, be. Yeah, go ahead. Should be because I think a lot of this is probably, at least in my opinion, a lot of it probably has to come with longevity as well. And the longer you've contributed bigger things to the business, it probably should bounce you up that list a little bit. Yes, I agree with that. Um, how do you feel about no CM Punk? <laughs> I who. Right, that's that's kind of how I felt at first, but then I really stopped and thought about it, and it was like, uh, like he probably should be on here. I don't think he should. I look, look. Let me say, there's time for him to make his way back onto a list like this, but this dude, like, had a a, a massive like, uh, how do I want to phrase this? He's like the star that burn out too fast, man. Like, and then he's just completely turned his back on pro wrestling and pro wrestling fans. And I think fans are stupid who clamor for this guy right now because he's shown us no desire to give a shit about what we think. Uh, no, I'm good, man. He shouldn't be on there, in my opinion. Okay, I feel like he should probably be on here somewhere in the um, in that like Scott Steiner at 35, Kurt Angle 36, Do EVP 37. Do you feel like Scott Steiner should be on this list? Um, I mean, if the junkyard dog is, should Scott uh, Steiner be on this list? No, um, Scott Steiner shouldn't be on. Look, look, here's the deal. If um, and this is gonna, this is an omission that I noticed. Um, if Masahira Chono and the Great Muda aren't on here, right? Then no, Scott Steiner probably shouldn't fucking be on here. Like, I mean, if this was a top twenty-five tag teams list, then yeah, the Steiner brothers should definitely be on there. But Scott Steiner is a solo act. I just don't think he hits that top fifty, man. Uh, I don't either, and he sits at 35, ahead of yeah. Kurt Angle, Yeah, no way. Batista, Arn Anderson. No way, no way, no way. Alright, so let's do this. Let's give our top 10, and I think the best way to do this is to start with our personal round, Mount, I almost did the Shane McMahon thing, Mount Rushmore's, not Mount Mushmore's, what? Um, Mount what? Rushmore. I did two different ones. I did like a personal, and then I did like a like a like a unbiased. Right, right. So I've got two different lists here. Okay. So well, let, let, 
let's go. I'll, I'll give you my top five, and you give your top five. So my top off five our personal, would be, like our personal list, like our top five yeah, personal yeah, favorites. Because yeah. this is weird for me. Because because if you ask me who my like Mount Rushmore of wrestling is, like the Mount Rushmore of wrestling to me is not like my four favorite wrestlers. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm in agreement with that. Okay, my, so my so, Mount Rushmore, all right, would probably be, and I think it's so hard to do four, but I think it would have to be Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Stone Cold, and The Rock. Um, uh, so I would, I would put them in the top four spots, and I'd have Cena at five and Taker at six. I have. Um... The Rock at five. I have Hogan, Flair, Cena, Austin, Rock. Um, because I'm looking at it strictly within the business. Strictly within the business. Right. Yep. Um, Cena was a bigger star within yep. the business, as was Austin. Um, so, Hogan, Flair, Cena, Austin, Rock. And my ten rounds out is Savage, Taker... Andre, HBK, and Brett. And that's my top 10 unbiased. Those aren't my personal ones. That's, if I'm looking at it logically and uh, without bias, that's my top 10. Yep. So I'm going to, you know, with the unbiased, you know, as I already said, Hogan, Flair, Austin, Brock, uh, Cena is five, Taker is six. And then I'd probably have to go with Macho Man. Uh, man, a seven. And then for the next three to round out the top ten, it'd probably have to be a, uh, man, uh, it's tough because there's so many good and trying to be unbiased makes it a little harder. Probably have to go seven Jericho. That's not being biased. Uh, eight would probably have to be... Oh, wait, I said Macho Man for seven, right? Eight yeah. would be Jericho. Nine would probably have to be... Uh, if we're talking what they did for the business, man, it'd have to be... You'd have to put Goldberg in there, and I'm not a Goldberg fan at all. Bold. Uh, and and then ten, I mean, rounded out with... I mean, Brett, maybe? Or Sean? It has to be. But see, Brett and Sh- or Sean actually creeps into my personals. So let's do your personal. Um, number one, as I've stated on this show many times, is, was, always will be, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. <laughs> the greatest in-ring performer of all time. Yep. Number two, as I've stated many times on this show, the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, Chris Jericho. Number three, um, three is almost a tie, but, um, it's not, uh, three goes, um, Triple H, then four, Chris Benoit, five, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, six, Eddie Guerrero, seven, Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, eight, Owen Hart, nine, Kevin Nash, and ten, Macho Man Randy Savage. I love your list, Mike. Yeah, it's great, I, I isn't it? I love your list. Yeah, it, it is great. And our, we're going to have a lot of similarities. And I know we've done this before. And this this thing does kind of ebb and flow and change with time. But it's always relatively similar. So let me do mine. Uh, personal, number one, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, number two, probably Shawn Michaels. Number three, Chris Jericho. Number four, Triple H, number five, The Rock, number six, Macho Man, number seven, Mr. Perfect, number eight, Eddie Guerrero, number nine would have to be probably, I have to put Taker in there because I've always been a Taker fan, and then uh, ten would probably be Bret Hart for me. Hmm. you know, like, I know Brett's kind of a polarizing character these days. Yeah. But he's still, I mean, 
He he's still a won participant it. in my one of my favorite matches of my fandom, which is also with number one on that list, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So. Look, man, like he's a douche nozzle, but it doesn't take away <laughs> from the fact that he did some amazing work, right? Like he really, really did. Like you can't defend Kanye West as a person, but uh, his first four albums are insanely right. good. If you can put Chris Benoit on your list for after murdering right. his family, I certainly can put Bret Hart on mine. And even though he's a douchebag, low key one of the best put downs. <laughs> one of the best put downs I think is if you ever have like like a, a buddy tell you about like some shit they did with their kid, where it was like. I don't know, like the, like the kid almost got hurt because they weren't paying attention or some shit. Just just be like, dude, you're a worse father than Chris Benoit. <laughs> I can't so, claim that. I saw that on the roast of Flavor Flav. Um, this was like this was like three months after the Benoit thing. Gilbert Goffrey gets up on stage and is like, Flavor Flav is a worse father than Chris Benoit. And like the whole crowd was like, whole crowd was like, Oh, and I died laughing because I was not expecting it. Good for Gilbert Godfrey. Uh, Mike, I, I, I think all in all, this is a solid list. Of course, there's things that you and I would both change, and I'm sure there's things everyone would change. If you want to see the list, go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash drive by pod, or check out G Nutrition, uh, G Code Nutrition, sorry, on uh, Instagram or Twitter um, at G Nutrition. Our GCO nutrition. Man, I keep messing that up. Ah, Greg's going to yell at me. Um, Mike, we had some nerd news this week that was pretty, well, awful. So I'll let you take a little bit of the lead and we'll wrap the show up with this. Um, so, look, if you're not familiar with, like, the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, and I don't mean like the movies. Generally speaking, if you listen to this, you've probably seen the movies. Um, if you're not familiar with the goings on behind the scenes of making these movies, um, and what characters they're able to use, like why aren't the X Men and the Avengers movies and shit? Um, the reasoning behind that is that in the 90s, Marvel went bankrupt. And so they started selling off the movie TV rights to characters. Fox got the X-Men and Fantastic Four. Sony got Spider-Man, right? So they have the specific movie, TV, video game rights for these characters. So Marvel Studios blows up, becomes like a huge thing, what, 10 years ago? And the, so that's the reason why you have Iron Man, Captain America, Thor. Um, Iron Man's the biggest comic book character in the world right now. But 10 years ago when Iron Man 1 came out, I'm a lifelong comic book reader. I was like, we're making an Iron Man movie? <laughs> I go, right. okay. Uh, I feel like there's like 10 other characters that would be better choices. But all right. Because that's what it was like. Like, it was a laughable prospect. So... Um, over the course of, you know, making several not great Spider-Man movies, and over the course of Marvel being awesome for ten years, Sony goes to Marvel and they're like, hey man, if we, if we just fucking let you use Spider-Man in these Avengers, like, what do we have to do to get you to help us, tell us what we're doing wrong? Uh, Kevin Feige, if you're not familiar, is the man. He's the the mastermind behind the Marvel Universe. Like, what can Kevin come over and help us? What do we gotta do? And Kevin was like, "Yo, man, I want Spider Man for for some 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 fucking Avengers shit, and I'll help you guys make some kick ass movies. Deal, right? So they're like, "Yo, we gotta get paid." The deal was, Marvel gets five percent of the profits, and I've heard varying reports: five percent of the overall profits. Uh, or 5% of the day one profits. I'm not sure what to believe. I haven't looked into it enough. I honestly don't really care. Um, so, uh, it's time to renegotiate this deal. Everyone's fulfilled their obligations. Marvel's like, look. It seems like 
we're doing quite a bit of work here. We've turned this, we've turned this ship around. Uh, we get that you guys are financing the whole Spider-Man movie deals. Uh, let us come in. We'll do 50-50. We'll co-finance. And we want 50% of the profits, right? Sony's like, suck our dick. So here's the thing where I'm at with it. Sony doesn't even try to renegotiate. They're just like, no. Uh, we're good. We got it from here, right? But here's the thing, man. Um, Marvel... Like, chill the fuck out. And Sony, chill the fuck out, right? Like, yeah, first of all, you're right both there. being a little stupid right now. Asking Sony to give you half of, a, of this franchise is a bit nuts, right? Um, it's the biggest thing Sony has. And I honestly, from what I've read, Marvel's contributions aren't 50%. Um, so they're asking too much. And Sony, like, look, man, like, I know Venom made a shit ton of money, but it was a fucking terrible movie. Like, don't get your fucking heads twisted here, guys. Like, you're not, you're not making good movies. Like, please believe that any comic book movie that makes any fucking money now is strictly strictly fucking because of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's it. Oh, Comic yeah. book movies yep. have goodwill built because Marvel has built 10 years of fucking goodwill for them. Like, please believe that people only went to that shit because the new Spider-Man movies were awesome. The new Spider-Man is the shit. Fuck yeah, I'll go check out Venom. And Tom Hardy. I'm not even going to front. Tom mm -hmm. Hardy probably did a lot for that movie. But that movie was fucking garbage. That movie was fucking garbage. But it made a fucking like a billion dollars or some shit like that almost. So like, these guys are like, hey, we know how to make good movies. We don't need you. Wrong. So they're both, they're both fucked up. They're both making stupid mistakes here. And, and, look man, like, this Spider-Man movie that just came out was like the best Spider-Man movie ever. And they so set him up to be, like, a featured, like, part of the MCU. And, as well, set his story up for his own solo movies, like, wonderfully. And it's like, you guys are, like, on the cusp of doing something, like, great with this character that's never been done. You're about to elevate him to this, like, next level status. Right. right, like, Spider-Man's about to, like, hit a mythic fucking level over the next five to ten years with Marvel and Sony if they just can pull their heads out of their fucking asses. <laughs> but, like, they won't. And it's crazy to me that they're arguing, arguing over was, like, like, realistically, they're haggling over, like, it's $500 million a piece, right? It's a billion, say the movie makes a billion dollars. It's like, Sony wants $500 million, which is ridiculous. But, like, reasonably, like, $150 million of it? $200 million of it? And you're still getting $800 million? Like, let's face facts. Like, if you didn't have Sony here, this is like a $700 million movie that you're making. You're making $700 million. Like, hook these dudes up with two hundred k to stick around because the return on it is going to pay for itself in the years to come. Yeah, man, you could keep making $700 million movies. The returns are going to be diminishing. Yeah, you can just keep all that fuck. Because yeah, I feel like that's what they're like. Why make $500 million so it won't be a billion-dollar movie, but it'll be a $750 million movie and we'll get all that. That's great, but it ain't going to be a $750 million movie every time because you guys have proven that you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Right? So... Yeah. I get it from that standpoint, but the returns of, like, a consistent $800 million every three years, two and a half, three years from this, and then not only that, but, like, um, Spider-Man's gonna be in Avengers movies and other MCU movies, so he's popping up, like, every year or two, so he's gonna be consistently popular in, like, the consciousness of 
the uh, the fucking like pop culture universe. So then, when you put out a fucking PlayStation game for so for your Sony PlayStation, it's gonna sell a buku like the last one did because people want more of the character. Like the returns mm-hmm. over the next few years are gonna pay off more than like putting out fucking mediocre movies and making seven hundred fifty million dollars that y'all get to keep to yourselves. I just don't, I mean, whatever, guys, it's cool, just, and, like, it's, I just, I, I don't know, it's, we're back to mediocre Spider-Man movies, and now we gotta rewrite this whole Marvel Universe thing, outstanding. Yeah. Who's, this, they literally spent a whole fucking Spider-Man movie being like, hey, this is the new Iron Man, he's the guy moving forward. I think I I'm going to be hopeful and keep my fingers crossed and think that this will get worked out because I've seen reports come out after the initial report that there's still ongoing talks. Uh, this is not a completely done, you know, I guess I want to say a completely done deal. This is not in stone yet. And there's always time to come back to the table. Uh, what worries me? Is, what worries me? is that Disney Marvel bought Fox, and they now have the X-Men and the Fantastic Four back. And it worries me that... The Batman and Superman of Marvel, and I I don't give a shit how popular fucking Robert Downey Jr. is. Um... The Batman and Superman and Marvel are fucking Spider-Man and Wolverine. And it worries me that now that they've got Batman, they're like, we can do without Superman. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying, totally. Uh, but I hope, and this is why, you can blame, you can take sides if you want in this, you can blame one side or the other, but this is the bottom line that I really come down to. Both of these companies have plenty of money, and this should not be what they're arguing over. They have that money because the fans have given it to them, because they've given us great quality product, and that's all we're asking for. And if you're someone in my court, like I, even if it's both of their faults, I'm not happy with Sony because, let's be honest, they've dropped the ball with Spider-Man twice, maybe three times, depending on how you count it, and... I'm not confident they're not going to do that again, and Marvel has turned this character into my favorite, possibly, in the universe at this point. So, it's kind of scary for me, and I will blame Sony, and I will say I'm mad at them. But, both of these companies should just pull their heads out of their asses and say, look, let's make money together. Who cares if one gets more than the other? It's for the fans, and we will continue making money in a partnership. Don't let that goodwill that Marvel's built up with you blind you. I think that's the mistake a lot of people... I've seen a lot of, like, fuck Sony. Man, just just because Marvel built up that... It's because of that Marvel goodwill, man. It's it's both of them. It's both of their faults. I'm just... In the, I'm just in the, looking at it in the aspect of Sony has done nothing good with with uh, Spider-Man. Oh no, you know what I mean they, they've done no. The best thing Sony ever <laughs> did with Spider Spider-Man Two is pretty dope. Yeah, I mean I enjoyed the first two, but it's just been downhill ever since. I, I can't and... watch Spider-Man One, Three. <laughs> three is just just painful. I won't even leave it on TV if it comes on. Uh. uh Let's just keep our, uh, you know, our nerd fingers crossed that this all gets resolved and everything plays out the way that we kind of hoped it would. Mike, do you have anything else you want to say to these beautiful people? No, nah, man, but I got a question for you. All right. You ready? All right, man. Uh, I'm you, ready. You got to kill one. You got to fuck one. You got to marry one. Bas- Bastion Booger. Here we go. You get Bastion Booger. Okay. Bam Bam Bigelow. Okay. No, scratch that. Bastion Booger, Vader, oh. and Earthquake. Kill, fuck, marry, Man. go. These are, can I kill myself? No, and explain your reasoning. This is the worst choice ever. That's the uh, point. You know what my uh, friend Matt says to me because I play this game with him a lot? He says, why is it always men? 
<laughs> well, I just assume it when it comes from you. Ah, uh, you make it as awkward as possible. I've heard numerous times that Vader is a very frothy individual, so we're just going to kill him right off the bat. Okay. I guess we're going to fuck Bastion Ogre. Oh, oh my god. Well, because if you're going to marry someone, Earthquake looks like someone who is a caring person to take care of you. I've heard he's a nice dude. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're marrying Earthquake. Oh my god, this is awful. I know. That was great. That was outstanding. I was going to go with the mermaid question, but then I was like, no, we've done the mermaid question before. We've done it. I saw that it popped up online. I think yeah, I know. I saw, I, I, saw the, I, saw, I saw the opportunity for it today, and I was like, now's the time. Move. <laughs> oh, it's good times. Guys, I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week.